Welcome to Equal Inspired, the inclusive podcast, brought to you by Equal IT. Jonah Anderson joins us, who is a Microsoft certified Azure developer, DevOps engineer, and a Microsoft certified trainer. Jonah's working as an IT consultant in Sweden and is incredibly passionate about making a difference by advocating tech, gender equality, and all things diversity and inclusion. Jonah's a true role model to so many and also mentors young women to help them thrive in STEM. Jonah values continuous learning and enjoys sharing her knowledge in Azure at many different events through public speaking and is currently working on her a new book project, Learning Microsoft Azure. And this is a technical guide for IT professionals and developers who want to get started with Microsoft's cloud platform. Jonah's also the founder and one of the community leaders for the Azure User Group Sweden. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. We would love to know who or what is inspiring you at the moment. What is inspiring me at the moment is actually the things that I do uh, for others in terms of doing uh, the job that I do using my skills and also at the same time sharing knowledge to others, either by public speaking, uh, organizing tech events to inspire uh, education or inspiring other women in tech. And just it inspires me to be uh, a role model as well. Like it just comes naturally and I'm enjoying it. It's really inspirational to see all of the different hats that you wear, Jonah, and you're always juggling so many different initiatives. But (laughs) the common theme is it's always giving back. You're always sharing your knowledge. I myself is uh, a learner. So I always believe that every day is a learning opportunity for us to to grow, regardless if it's a problem that you're trying to solve or a problem that didn't get solved, but it becomes a lesson learned. So I always count every day as like an opportunity to learn new things. When I was younger, I always believed that knowledge is power, and I believe that knowledge is power that you cannot keep to yourself, but it is something, a power of knowledge that you can share to others. So you can also assist and help empower them. And it will be like, a, a what do you call it? Pay it forward. Like, just like the movie, pay it forward. You pay it forward after uh, you have given it to someone or after you have received it. I really love what you said there as well about every day is a learning experience. You know, looking at it through that other lens of there's going to be failures along the way and not every day is perfect. And we can't always be 100% right or, or get things correct. But it's how can we learn from those? How can we grow? That's where it's really going to shape your character. I totally agree with that, especially Uh, me coming from I mean different uh, background I mean from my uh, tech journey from the Philippines to Sweden and my life story itself is a story of ups and downs and challenges uh, that made me resilient of, of being who I am today so I, I am successful right now, and that is because of uh, the hard work, the patience, and the resilience that I have. So all those uh, like waves of ups and downs, they were not perfect after all. There were times that I was crying. <laughs> there were times that I was very happy, but it's all part of the learning process like in everything that we do. That's so true. And feeling those emotions when you're having a bad day and you're going through those struggles that in itself really helps to shape your character in a very weird way. You know, you sometimes think, well, crying, feeling sad or feeling really hurt or grieving, for example, you know, these kind of things I shouldn't embrace. But when you have no other choice, when it's been pushed upon you, things that are out of your control, I think you have to try and look at it through that lens of what can I learn from this? What was this experience trying to teach me as terrible as it is? And how can I use that to fuel my motivation to 
be a better person, to not let it define me. And like you say, Jonah, have that resilience to be where you're at now. And you should be so proud of yourself, the great things you're doing. Proud of what I have achieved at the same time, humble enough also to admit also or share to the world about my humble story from the beginnings of how it started. And hopefully uh, my story and my journey inspire others, not just in, in, in the tech arena, but also in in general in life. Because um, I'm working a lot with tech and I'm a very technical person. But in the end, it's us human beings that are building tech or building solutions for tech. And it's all about people. Like, for example, my job requires me to do technical stuff, programming, DevOps, engineering. But it also, major part of it is about collaboration and being able to work with your colleagues and learning how to communicate and listen, understand each other, just like in a non-professional way also with our families and friends and how we connect with others. I'd love to learn more about your tech journey. So my uh, tech journey actually started in the Philippines. So uh, from the beginning, I didn't actually plan to be a programmer or software engineer. So when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a civil engineer. A civil engineer in the Philippines back then was like a man's dominated job. And when I was like eight or nine years old, I already have that mindset that I want to be different. And I want to break that barrier that, hey, this this civil engineering or role is a stereotype um, men's job. But I want to break that barrier in my society in the Philippines then. So when I was growing up, I wanted to do that. And when it's time for me to go to college uh, after high school, my parents uh, told me that they couldn't afford to pay for my college fees and there's no financial support or help uh, on their side. So I was really saddened. So I decided to take a scholarship and take the opportunity that I had. So I took the scholarship. I studied computer science, worked in several jobs, and uh, then about 11 years ago, I moved to Sweden. I continued my journey in working in tech by studying more agile system development, Java development, until I started working as an IT consultant for the past eight years. And that's the short version of it. But alongside of that story from the beginning to the end, I had my ups and downs in life and that includes like life struggles like taking care of my siblings when my mother died of breast cancer working hard to prioritize my family instead of taking the career to programming and following my own dreams but it all came up pretty well because that built me up as a person which leads me to where i am today like I say, you know, where you are today and, and the great things you've achieved, you should be so proud. And I'm sure that your mother is very proud of you as well, Jonah. And you really are a role model to be able to bounce back, to be selfless and to do um, what you needed to do to take care of your family. How do you feel that you bounced back from that adversity in your life? I'm a role model now, and I think I gave credit back to my mother, uh, who died of breast cancer when I was uh, turning 18. So I remember as the eldest child of all children in the family, she had this, like, she was a businesswoman who, he's, she was a strong woman who did everything she can, selling stuff, doing this business to take care of us, her children. And when she was uh, diagnosed of cancer, I... I, I saw her strength in spite of her physical weakness. And that, that time when I was younger then, I saw my mother as a good role model. Her braveness was kind of like put an inf inspiration to me. When she died, I wasn't with her, beside her. But I know, uh, and she made me feel that she trusted me that regardless of whatever happens to her when she goes, uh, she went away, that she trusted me to take care of my sisters and brother uh, when she's gone. And that assurance 
or that I felt from her then made me strong enough to accept that she had to go home in heaven and I have to stay here to take over and take care of my siblings. So regardless of whatever challenges that I had taking care, taking uh, night shifts for job back then, my first job, I mean, working hard, save money to support, uh, to feed my sisters and brothers and send them to school. That gave me the strength to carry on. Sometimes it wasn't easy, but there was this assurance and stillness inside me to just keep going, keep going. And uh, that's how I felt until then. So if I gave up when my mother died and didn't just like, I just like think of myself, not others. I don't think I'll be here right now. Maybe I'll be doing something else and maybe I'm unhappy. Thank you, Jonah, for sharing and just for being so open. You know, we've been friends for a long time and you always speak from your heart and that means, means a lot. And it is a very difficult time when you lose somebody um, that is very close to you, that is an inspiration. And I think that that approach that you take by making them proud every day, waking up every day and thinking, how can I make this person proud? What things can I do to keep their legacy alive or, you know, keep their legacy inside of me? I think that that's a really good mindset to have to keep you going. That was a very similar source of inspiration that I took, Jonah, like yourself, just how can every day I do something that's going to make a positive change, you know, that they're going to look down and think, okay, well done, you got this. So keep going. Um, what would your advice be for anyone who is really faced with harsh adversities in their life? What would be your advice to them to keep going? Regardless of whatever adversity or problems that you are facing, think of it as a challenge and a way for you or your loved ones to be stronger uh, and to challenge yourself as well. So, uh, and to also like be still, because I know that in times of troubles, it, there are time, there's a risk that we get stressed out. And I, I felt that also because I grew up, like, I, I, I have to be honest, I have it pretty good right now. I have a good job, a, a good house. I have a good, good blessings. But when I actually grew up, uh, like without having my own bedroom, I slept on the floor without my own bed. And that is something that I still recall right now because the struggles or the less that I have that time make me appreciate what I have right now. And that helps me also sympathize with others that are in adversity or in the same situation that I had before. So my advice is to just keep going, don't give up, and it's an opportunity to grow and be stronger, just like how it did to me, the adversity. It made me more resilient in life and more helpful for others. Some really fantastic advice that everybody should try and implement and it's certainly not the easiest thing to do in the world but it's um it's really beneficial really valuable so let's look at when you started learning technology so you wanted to of course uh, break down this stereotype of civil engineering where do you think that come from that hunger when i was younger we had this um uh we don't have we didn't have cable but uh, we have this like normal tv TV, small TVs, like 14 inches, small ones that we had. Um, uh, we There was a show that came up. I think it was a, a documentary. I'm not sure if it's a true uh, story, but there was a documentary showing about the Amazonian women. And then they kind of like made uh, a documentary about like how strong these women are, are in their tribe. And it kind of like inspired me uh, in in relation to how my world looked like back then uh, when I was growing up. Because, uh, for example, when I was growing up back then, uh, it, it's expected in the Philippines, for example, might be in other countries as well, that in the Philippines, if you're a woman, you have to take nursing 
or something with uh, administration because you're a woman and you're not expected to take uh, civil engineering or architect or those uh, kind of courses or college courses that require you to be logical or good in mathematics. That Amazonian documentary kind of like changed my mindset that this is what I want to do and I want to do something to go there. <laughs> That's how it started. That documentary, that changed everything for you. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> as they say, Jonah, here you yes. are. So you, um, you took the, yeah. the scholarship and that focused more so on the developing side of things. Outside of education, how else did you learn to code? Of course, when I was studying computer science, uh, which was one of my first education in college in the Philippines, I had learned a lot of hands-on with others, but my real breaking point or strong passion for tech actually started when I moved to Sweden several years ago. During my first consulting job after studying more programming here in Sweden, I did actually a once or twice a week uh, teaching programming to kids in schools. And while I was there once a week teaching block programming and JavaScript programming, I did realize and looked like self-aware actually, like I'm the teacher and I look at my students and I see them that all of them are boys and I'm a female. And then I realized I have one or two that are girls, but they seem not to be so interested in what I was teaching them. And uh, that made me realize what is the problem, <laughs> like uh, what can I do to to make this difference? So, yeah, to make the long story short, I tried to inspire, but the the number is still a few for the girls there. So what I did is that I think a few months after that realization that I had um, as a, a programming teacher, I volunteered to go on stage. Uh, in the local student uh, event where there were like 400 or 500 students were there. And I was asked to share my tech story. And that was my very first public speaking event. Uh, in 20 minutes, I spoke about my tech story in Swedish. I wasn't so fluent then, but that was the breaking point of me. Uh, it wasn't so bad to speak and share your story in the public. I will do this more step by step. So this is how it leads me right now as a, a speaker as well, and me talking to you. You had that courage to speak up and to move forwards. And where do you think that come from as well, Jonah? Because I, I know you mentioned that growing up, you were quite shy. So how did you find that courage initially to do that talk? I think um, it goes back to my childhood as well. I remember when I was a child, and I have to present something in school, I always have to hide behind my mom. I don't want to, I don't want to. And then my mom always like push me, like, and not push me literally, but say like, push me to my best uh, limits. Like, uh, you can do it, you can do it. So uh, I think it was my, the inspiration of my late and beloved mother uh, that uh, actually uh, inspired me to be a role model. And also maybe my thoughts that if, I don't do this, there won't be a change. I know that I cannot change the world, but I can make this little step, small step of difference that might uh, affect or help uh, someone's life or inspire someone. So yeah, that's what I did. I just did it. I was a bit nervous, but I didn't, I, I didn't mind what others would think. I was like focusing that this is my goal, why, why I do what I, uh, what I was doing, like being on stage. You touched on something really interesting there because I think that sometimes it is that element of overthinking that can hold people back from pursuing a talk, from having that courage to be in front of hundreds of people and just really be open, be vulnerable. Overthinking, I could relate to that because that's how I was when I was a little girl, maybe. So like now in the present, I, I always think every time I speak or share a knowledge about a technical topic, I always think that I am delivering this talk not because of me, but because the audience 
or or the people that are listening or watching my talk uh, needs me to share it to them. So I should I always think that it's for the benefit of them, because if I do that, then I give more value of what I'm talking about. So I always think I'm talking here because I want to help. I want to inspire and I want to. Uh, relay the knowledge that I have in my head uh, through speaking. So that's uh, how I how I improved it uh, actually. And then of course, I try my best to be not losing my personality as well when I talk. So sometimes uh, I notice that if I do public speaking and I read scripts, I lost track. So I have this uh, personality as well the way I talk that I want to like uh, put the information that I need to share, but at the same time, be myself as well, even in technical talks. And usually it works uh, for me. If you are just helping at least one person out there, then you're doing your job, you're doing what you need to do. And I, I would say that that certainly is something that keeps me energized um, with wearing many different hats and, and juggling many different initiatives. Is that the same for you? Because you are involved in so many great things. Aside from my job as a software engineer or DevOps engineer lead, I actually do training inside my company or outside my company as well. And I volunteer a lot on my free time, leading a community, Azure User Group Sweden, writing my book, and I have my personal life as well. So I have many hats, as as you said, but I I think the key thing, it can be like a bothering. I can, uh, it can be confusing sometimes. I think the thing that I try to keep in mind is to find that balance between uh, work, community, and also uh, personal life as well. And also for yourself, like finding time to do things that you love. And sometimes you have this circle of things to do, but sometimes you have to also learn how to prioritize depending on how how it looks and how it feels as well, because you have to listen to your body. Uh, if you're tired, don't force it. In the Swedish, you're also familiar with the Swedish culture, I know. There's a word in Sweden called lagom, L-A-G-O-M. And you know, lagom is like not too much, not too little, just enough. And that's my favorite Swedish word. And that's how I try to do with all the things uh, that I do as well. But uh, to summarize it, all the things that I do at work, community, and writing, for example, they are kind of interrelated because they help me gain the knowledge that I need. And that's how I get energized. When I learn something new, I feel like I'm pep up. <laughs> and then when I share it to others, I feel inspired because I could help others. That also makes me fill my cup. When you're juggling so many different things, sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming when there's that added stress of maybe something going on in your own life, your personal life. Like we say, the highs, the lows, it's never just plain sailing, if only it was. So... I guess is that a concept as well of learning to say no sometimes and I agree yeah I mean I know that's something I've really struggled with have you struggled with that and and if so how have you tried to work your way through that I'm struggling with that I mean I struggled maybe harder before but now I'm in the process of learning <laughs> the art of saying uh, no. So I think uh, for ex one example is there was one time uh, in April last year, I think I did about eight public speaking talks virtual that was like in the pandemic times. And I felt like twice a week I was like doing volunteering and public speaking aside from my normal job and it felt too much. So that made me realize that uh, next year, this year, 2022, like I'm going to make it better in a way that I won't commit too much on things that I think I cannot deliver or events or engagement that I think that will affect my time or affect my energies. And also learning to say no, you just have to do it. It's hard sometimes because you're saying no to the things that you're passionate about. But Sometimes you have to choose. That's right. Sometimes it can do more harm than good 
as well. I guess yes, if you're yes. <laughs> saying yes to all of these things, of course, you you want to help, you want to give back, you really want to put your energy in that. But the harm that it's doing is maybe you're not able to deliver your best self on that day because you are drained or you're feeling like you're starting to be a bit burnt out. So taking that step back, taking a breath, thinking about, okay, where am I at? What do I need to work on? That's some really good advice, Jenna. And I will definitely be implementing that because I'm struggling with that at the moment. I know that both you and I always believe in the power of being self-aware. And that's what I also uh, try to do. It's really good that uh, we have this self-awareness within us because you know when to stop, when to move forward because you're self-aware. Uh, and then you feel it like, oh, this thing, this things, this habits that I'm doing are causing me to feel negative. And because you're self-aware, you're thinking, you're reflecting. I like reflecting about the things that I do. Sometimes I do maybe wrong moves. Sometimes I, I also look back and think, did I do it right? And uh, it's really good to be self-aware. And that's why we need each other. Like we, ha we need to have our family, our friends, our friends in the community that we can share and also being able to be yourself in the public as well have helped me like uh, be comfortable of being uh, who I am as well. That's really important because also if you're continually masking and trying to be somebody you're not, maybe if it's to fit into a work environment, let's say, you're continually masking yourself because you feel like you can't be who you are. That in itself is also so draining. You know, it really impacts your productivity and the positive impact you're going to have in a business. So though all those layers are really important, Jonah. There's, there's so many layers to this, but the theme here is self-reflection. That's what matters. It's taking that step back because we can sometimes get caught up in the journey of everyday working or coding and hitting your goals, achieving the things you want to and just almost being in autopilot mode, you know, and just doing the same things every day, ignoring maybe triggers that are signs of burnout. We just keep going, keep going, keep going. Then we kind of explode <laughs> and it's too late to take action on anything. I can actually relate to that. I, I think uh, I, I think I've shared it in some of, uh, some of the talks I had in terms of my experience of burned out. I did actually experience that in my one of my previous companies or job where I was the only woman in tech, only programmer, and then I was like working hard, no uh, no appreciation from the bosses. Uh, they expect me to do this, do that. And I was like doing my best to just excel and deliver. And I did too much to the point that I, I felt born out with the work that I did uh, at that project. And also the people around me that were not so supportive of what I do, less appreciative, appreciative of what I did. So that actually impacted me emotionally and physically that I, I, it affected my metabolism. I got rushes on my face. And to make the long story short, I had to choose myself to take care of myself and I had to quit that job. So it's really important to be self-aware about this negative signals before it goes too far. Because that's the reason why I'm very careful, even though I know that in, it shows that I do a lot, but because of that experience, uh, I'm very, very conscious now, self-aware, and think before it goes too late. What things helped you to overcome those burnout feelings? First, uh, stay away from that toxic environment that really helped. Uh, I mean, I know that I, I am a very nice person. I'm a good person. I know that by heart. But there are sometimes in certain circumstances that you can end up in a wrong environment and toxic environment with toxic people. So when you come to realization that it's not the right place for you, 
don't hesitate to just move forward and go to a better place. And that actually helped me like move forward uh, to be to stay away from hey, I, I'm in this place. Like it's just like I'm I'm a gardener. <laughs> so I like planting from seeds. So I'm a gardener. So it, if you're planting something uh, from seeds, flowers or vegetables, you have to plant it in a good soil. So just like ourselves, if we are put in the wrong soil, meaning toxic environment, we won't grow there. So you need to find the right environment for you to grow and excel to be your best. And that's what I did. <laughs> I moved. I'm a, if I was a seed, I moved myself there and I want to grow here. <laughs> Absolutely love that, Jonah. And actually on the topic of that toxic culture and environment, how would you describe the complete opposite of that? So how companies can build more of an inclusive environment where you feel like you can thrive, where your seed can grow and you can flourish? I love that question. I think that uh, that's a good question that we should ask all companies <laughs> to be more diverse and equal and be more inclusive to everyone. I think um, I think a good uh, the opposite of the negative, of course, the positive uh, like scenario or characteristic of a company or a place where everyone can grow is I think uh, it's a place uh, or environment where you can be yourselves and you have the opportunities to to learn a lot of things it might be uh, technical non-technical that can be uh, that has this environment or power of collaboration and sharing because that's how we grow i'm going back again to the the gardening example in terms of collaboration in the environment there are plants that grow better if they're planted together so I'm thinking about a good a workplace environment for everyone. So if you are in the right uh, place where you have this uh, diverse of talents and experiences, there is this synergy of power and collaboration in the company. That's where you also feel good and feel at your best because we humans are designed to connect with other humans. So if you have that place, environment, uh, regardless of whatever field it is, IT or non-IT, where everyone feels accepted and respected and has the opportunity to share and vice versa. I think that's uh, a good uh, environment for everyone to grow. Not every environment is perfect. There may be people who make some mistakes but if those people who make the mistakes can be open to the feedback they want to learn they want to know how they can do better I guess that also helps everybody thrive yeah I think we have to break that uh, barrier of being like human <laughs> at workplace is uh, very important because I mean, when you are in a workplace or a work environment, it's expected that you uh, you cannot cry, you cannot be emotional, you have to be professional, you have to be perfect in what you do. But I think creating an environment that is welcoming and inclusive for everyone, that also requires that you have this place to grow. And growing also means like being able to be accepted for who you are and even uh, like tiny mistakes that you do which will improve the culture itself. I've been in an environment myself where I felt like I wasn't able to be honest with if I was struggling or what was really going on in my mind because it would have been viewed as a weakness. And for someone who was already in a very male-dominated environment, I would feel that I would need to continually prove that my gender doesn't define me and it doesn't mean anything. And by maybe being more emotional and vulnerable, that might make people think, ah, oh, she's a woman, this is why she's being like this. But in a negative way, that was an environment that I was in and it just made me feel um, terrible, to be honest. And seeing the differences when you're in an environment where you can be vulnerable, you can speak to people about more emotional, deep topics and it's welcomed, it's embraced, 
it makes such a difference. So the things you're saying, they resonate a lot with me. I'm glad that we have uh, similar uh, experiences that we can both relate in terms of this. And I'm really happy that you have given time also to listen to me uh, in your podcast about this, because I think it's important that we can openly share and talk about this because it's like, it's critical. All human beings needs to just stop think, reflect, and do this uh, like deep thinking of what really matters the most. On the topic of development, coding, all that fun stuff, what do you enjoy the most about working in tech? The first one is the opportunity of continuous learning. Uh, I really love that. And then second is the opportunity to collaborate and connect with uh, different people of different backgrounds, like uh, learning from them technically or learning about them as a person and being able to uh, collaborate and connect with them from different parts of the world. I think that's uh, really uh, interesting. It's like you're traveling <laughs> around the world by connecting to different uh, uh, dif different human beings. And the third one is my job allows me uh, not just to continually learn, connect with people, but it also helps me build something that might be helpful to many people. And hopefully it will make an impact in the future, even if I'm gone, because and we know that life is short and we don't know how long we are gonna, I'm gonna live. So I'm doing something that is uh, that is impactful to the society and hopefully that will make a difference. Well, your work is very much making a difference, Jonah, not just like the tech side of things, but everything else you're doing. And like we said, being that role model, being that source of inspiration for others, just through even sharing your journey, you know, it's really, really powerful. What have been the most important lessons that you've learned by working in technology so far? If we focus maybe specifically in Sweden, your career in Sweden. Daring to speak up. That's what I learned uh, based on my journey. And daring to speak up is really important, especially if you are uh, someone, I mean, like me, that uh, doesn't have a Swedish background or maybe grew up from a different country and moved migrated to Sweden. Uh, and in being a woman in tech as well, I think it is important to uh, speak up and clearly communicate uh, not just what you want to do, but what bothers you as well that doesn't feel right. Because there's this culture that just let it go, even if it hurts you or even if it affected you emotionally or intellectually. Uh, it it's important that you speak up because it's either you speak up and you get a response that's negative or you get a response that's positive that will help solve the issue uh, that you're trying to raise. And that is a, a culture I think that that needs to be improved in many workplaces that uh, women in tech, for example, that, that feels like they're being left out or not being included. They need to just don't sit in the corner and be shy, just like how I was when I was little, but uh, to get out and be in front and tell them, hey, I want to talk to you, even to your boss. Don't be scared. Hey, I, uh, hey, I need a one-on-one -on -one meeting with you. Um, and then book that meeting, initiate it, be proactive and tell that person what you feel and how you want to solve it, how you want to solve it together so you can have a better collaboration uh, in work or whatever uh, it might be. That's really powerful. I guess it's all about the delivery as well and how you say these things to people and that whole concept again of overthinking, right? It's that idea that we build up the scenario in our mind of how that conversation might go. Yeah. And it's so bad in our head that we just don't end up acting on it. And then the environment is exactly the same and nothing changes. So finding your voice, I love that. But that can be really hard for some people. It can be very daunting. What things do you feel really helped you 
to be less shy, to have that confidence, to find your voice so you could speak up. My favorite uh, quote, which is like, uh, be brave and be courageous and being be yourself is what actually made me uh, have that courage to speak up. And also, I think of the negative side of it and the positive side of if I do things. So if I don't do this, this means I would maybe uh, think about it all the time, just like going back to the overthinking. But if I do this because I know that feels right and you just do it because you're brave and courageous and you want to be yourself, uh, that usually uh, helps uh, for me as a technique uh, in breaking that barrier of speaking up. And then also, if, if you don't ask, you don't get an answer. I did just want to talk as well about the Azure user group in Sweden, because I know this is something that you have founded. So could you just share a little bit more with us, I guess, the inspiration behind setting it up? And the mission of the group. It's a, an Asher technical group, group community that I founded a year ago in the middle of the pandemic where everyone was working from home. So here in the mid-north of Sweden, I'm in uh, the area called Sundsvall. I noticed that there wasn't any Asher user group. Uh, a user group or community that shares knowledge about cloud computing development uh, with Azure. So what I did is that I created that group. Uh, I mean, paid for the the setup. You know, it it it's not free all the time. So I invested money in setting up the meetup group and creating my first talk, which is uh, which is uh, by myself. So from zero to members. Now I have like, I think about 500 virtually and other MVPs and speakers are volunteering to to do speaking, uh, to share their knowledge uh, to others uh, in the community. And the mission that I have actually for this user group was to create an inclusive community platform for for everyone that are already experts in Azure but also to the beginners of this cloud uh, technologies that uh, that is available. And of course, uh, also uh, create a community uh, that will give opportunities to new speakers. So we have experts volunteering to speak, but uh, we notice or I notice that some of our um, audience are volunteering to speak and share their knowledge up in the virtual stage and share about uh, what they do in their job and the Azure technology. So that's really great. And to create that inclusive community for others. So we usually offer like mentoring session one-on-one -on -one before the talk to those that are new speakers. So if they don't know, uh, they're nervous or scared how to present uh, during the upcoming weekend session, we like uh, do one-on-one -on -one and advice, uh, do a, like a pre-check on how the presentation look like. So that's really a good place to inspire others to never be scared of public speaking because it's it's a way to share. That's really fantastic that you actually go that one step further and you give that mentorship because... Again, it's that theme of overthinking things and the nerves and not having that confidence. But to know that you're giving that support beforehand, that is so powerful. What was the biggest challenge of founding and now running this user group? Founding it uh, was its journey itself. It took time, but uh, now we're in pretty good shape. But I think the challenges that uh, uh, we have right now is finding... Uh, female speakers like making it equal so even though we have a lot of expert speakers submitting talks in this uh, call for papers that we publish there are quite a few technical female speakers that could deliver uh, this kind of topics so that's one of the challenges so what i do as one of the organizers in the community and leader as well is to to try to find that balance, like if you have a list of speakers that are all males and then you have a few that are um, uh, female, uh, we try to prioritize actu actually those that I think uh, that should be like prioritized up to the list. 
uh, just to kind of like give that balance that uh, there's this great female speakers as well that have some great things to share. So that's uh, one of the challenges. And I think to break that challenge is like I myself try to not be shy to share that I'm a speaker. <laughs> so it will inspire others and uh, share openly about what the what is the mission of the, the group and lift up those that needs to be lifted up to inspire. It's, it's just really nice to see that support that you give to people. You humanize things and that's really important. What key pieces of advice would you share to someone who wants to set up their own community? I believe that if you want to start a community, regardless if it's virtual or a local user group, you need to first find and think what is your mission and purpose for creating that group. Second is that ask yourself how much time or how much uh, devotion you can commit to this because running uh, or building a community actually requires uh, some free time, some devotion and some organizing events, finding speakers, putting it up uh, virtually, sharing about it in social media. So those are the things that needs, that you need to think about. And also, uh, it is also important to take note that once you have built that community, uh, you have to learn how to like manage that community in a way that you connect with others, that you're not you're a community, but you're a leader, but you're actually, you're a group that can collaborate with each other and also be consistent. So you cannot just like have one event in one month and then an event after six months. So in our group, we try to be consistent of organizing a meetup every two weeks, bi-weekly and Saturdays. So we try to do that and we try to connect with our audience who wants or have time uh, by having an after session, a 20 minute fika after a presentation. So we they can personally one on one meet the speakers and reach out to them live and connect with them. So, yeah, that's those are my uh, top advice. There's more, actually, but uh, they can reach out to me if they need to. I can imagine there's a long list. Yeah, like we say, every day yeah, is a lesson, yeah. right? So add another thing to the list. Yes. But there's some real yes. great gems there. How can the community get involved? How can they support as your user group, Sweden? If you want to uh, learn about Asher or want to join our community, or if you're someone that wants to speak uh, and have something to share within that topic, uh, feel free to join us or uh, search us on Meetup, so Azure User Group Sweden. Or if you can't find it, you can just go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Jonah Anderson. I also have a link tree. Uh, so Linktree, uh, Jonah Anderson, with all my links to Twitter. So I think uh, Ellie would be able to share that as well. But uh, feel free to uh, connect in those channels and then we can get started, <laughs> whatever that you need help with. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you, Jonah. I'm so grateful for your time as always and just for your openness. It's a real pleasure. Just love to know what three books have really positively impacted your life? Because I know you love reading. Yeah, I do. I do. Aside from the book that I'm uh, writing right now, which should be my favorite, but uh, the books that really inspired me first when I was in the Philippines was the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen uh, Covey. And also Simon Sinek, Find Your Why. Uh, that's also uh, a good one. I, I read a lot, so there's a lot of uh, inspiration. Recently, I've been reading a few technical books, and also there's this book called Mastery by uh, Green. That's also uh, a good one. Uh, since I've been focused on writing my uh, book, I'm reading a book of 100 ways to improve your writing. So it lists down the top uh, bullet list, list of things that can improve 
your writing, uh, for example, if you're writing a presentation or writing uh, a book, whatever it, it is, or what are the techniques that you can do if you're on a writer's block and a uh, hundred ways. There's a lot to see notice. There's, I have a lot of a uh, lot of things here. How about you, Ellie? What are you uh, reading right now that's inspiring you? I've just read a book called Talk Like Ted which was a really good uh, book. It was a recommendation from a friend. I have this. Oh, amazing. In Swedish. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good book. So I've, I've just finished reading that. And I'm now reading um, Better Allies by Karen Catlin, which is on my shelf here, uh, which is a really fantastic book in terms of all things allyship, sharing knowledge, inspiration on how to be a better ally. And I'm really loving it so far. And I'm, I'm trying myself to get more into reading. I went for a stage of really struggling to actually finish a book. Like I'd get into a book, I'd, I'd read it on my train commute. Um, and then I'd stop getting the train for a few weeks and I, it just wouldn't get finished. But I make a point now of reading uh, for 30 minutes when I wake up, for 30 minutes before I go to bed. And it's really changed my outlook, my productivity on actually everything. So that's really helped me. But that's a book I can really recommend, Better Allies. I, I will read that. I, I can relate to this, uh, what you said about finishing a book at one time. So focusing on one book, not buy a new one and then don't read it and it stays on your shelf. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that you're working on, any initiatives? Yeah, I actually also, oh, I, I have a lot of initiatives. So I uh, I actually co-host a podcast called uh, Extend Women in Tech Podcast that you will be able to find on Spotify and Anchor as well. So the purpose of the podcast is to highlight uh, women in tech and interview them and, and not just interview them, but also talk about the technical and non-technical aspects of working in tech and uh, lift all those uh, great people and women uh, in the industry. So if you want or have time, feel free to listen to the previous episodes uh, that we have. I think the recent one was about me and Shetty talking about how it is uh, working as a software developer in different areas like front-end, back-end, or cloud developer. So it's worth uh, checking out. It's been so good speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode and we hope you're feeling inspired. If you are, please feel free to like, share, subscribe and join us on our mission to create a diverse, inclusive and equitable universe. This podcast is brought to you by Equal IT, a mission-driven business working to diversify tech teams through refined talent acquisition, complemented by diversity and inclusion consulting. As an Azure Heroes inclusive leader, we aim for teams to cultivate a strong sense of belonging and equity. Find us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We welcome your feedback, questions, and would love to hear from you. Join us next time on Equal Inspired.